We wear the mask that grins and lies. It hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile with torn and bleeding hearts. We smile and mouth with myriad subtleties. Why should the word the world be so wise? And counting all of our tears and sighs. Nay, let them only see us while we wear the mask. We smile, but, O oh Christ, our cries to thee from tortured souls arise. We sing. But oh, the clay is vile beneath our feet and long the mile. But let the world dream otherwise. We wear the mask. Poland's Dunbar wrote this poem, We Wear the Mask, back in 1896. It was first published in a work called Lyrics of Lowly Life. It speaks to his reaction about the hypocrisy, deception, and the fact that African Americans often had to resort to wearing a mask and seeming to be okay just to get through life. But the truth behind all of that seeming, though, was just a bunch of lies. To cover up the fact that our lives were not wonderful. Because we understood that if we talked about our discontent in groups like this, things could get a lot worse. So wearing the mask was a survival technique employed to get us through life with as little external trouble as possible. So what we get in We Wear the Mask is a lyrical exploration of pretending and the truth that hides behind it. And as I began to think about the sacrament of confession and Rachel Hell Evans loving leaving and finding the church, I found a multitude of ways in which this poem parallels her journey in the church. You see, she wore masks in order to stay a Christian. As Rachel sat week after week between a widow and a cancer survivor in her conservative evangelical church, she said she found herself unable to sing, Great is thy faithfulness. She had come to resent these two women who had unquestioning and unwavering faith in a belief system that no longer fit her truth. She writes, I've done everything right. I've memorized the Bible verses and observed my quiet time. I've studied the famous apologetics and taken the right classes. There was no great personal tragedy to shake my foundations, no injustice or betrayal to justify my falling away. Just a few pesky questions that unraveled my faith like twine and left me standing here, unable to sing a song I know by heart. Chilled by a shadow no one else can see. 
my own ugly doubt. So week after week, she wore a mask of conservative evangelicalism as she doubted that God was a conservative male violent deity who condemned gays to hell, who hated the Democratic president who had the foreign-sounding name, who was fickle with his love. She wondered, was I supposed to believe the same suicide bomb that killed a terrorist? and sent him to hell, also sent his victims? Just because they weren't evangelical Christians like me? And did this fate await the majority of my fellow human beings, including the millions who had never heard of Jesus? She wrote, sitting here with my Bible in my hands, twisting its silk bookmark nervously between my fingers, I realized that just as I sat in church with my doubt, there were those sitting in church with their sexuality, with their race, with their gender, with their depression, with their addiction, their questions their fears, their past, their infertility, their eating disorders, their diagnosis, their misdread, their mess of a life, their messed up marriage, their shame, all the things that follow us to church on Sunday morning, but we dare not name. We sit with our smiles, our masks, and our brave fronts. She says, I played my role as a good Christian girl and spared everyone the drama of an argument. But that decision to remain silent split me in two. It convinced me that I could never really be myself in church. That I had to check my heart and my mind at the door So I checked out, first in spirit, then in body. Her story caused me to wonder about us as a community of faith, and us individually. What masks are we wearing to church today? What are we too embarrassed to acknowledge that we doubt, or if not doubt, at least question. What parts of ourselves are we hiding behind masks and smiles and brave fronts? What I wondered is, are we willing to trust each other enough to risk lowering our masks? Or maybe just at least leave them in the car, in the parking lot when we come into this building? Can we be our authentic selves with each other? Is resurrection a place where we are willing to risk our truths, our doubts, our fears, our past, our depressions and addictions, our diagnosis and poverty, our underemployment, our desires, our truth? Are we willing 
to be vulnerable with each other? Are we willing to trust each other enough? Are we willing to be naked and unashamed? I must confess that I hide behind masks and smiles and brave fronts. My main mask these days is I'm fine. It's the mask in which I live in and lie from behind because I'm not fine. I can't be fine in this moment because my mother is in hospice. Her death is not imminent, but there is nothing else that they can do for her. So they are keeping her comfortable. I go on my days off each week, so I notice how much weight she's losing. I notice how confused she is becoming, and I fear that she will be taking advantage of if, when I'm not there. And you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I hate that she won't move here so that I can care for her. But I get it that she wants to stay in her own space during this segment of her journey. She wants as much autonomy as she can possibly have in this moment. And I get that. You see, she is still a force to be reckoned with, <laughs> even now. I fear that I won't be there when she transitions. And that breaks my heart. Each time I leave her and return back here to home, she has a lot of support from our family, from her church. And I know that she's in God's care. But it doesn't stop the pain or the tears. Because I love her. We've not always agreed. <laughs> and we have caused each other harm and injury. And I serve a gracious God who has allowed us the opportunity to both say we are sorry that we are not the daughter or the parent that the other had hoped they would have. And we've acknowledged that we are grateful that we are exactly who we are because of each other's influence on their lives. But I also know that there are other people in this room walking the same journey who are in a very similar place and I hope and I pray that this will be a place where and we are a people who they can journey with. So that they don't have to wear the unfine mask all the time. I hope that this is a place and we are a people who will allow people to be present with us. And us with them to just sit and be so that we can take off those masks. Because you know, at best, a church is like a recovery group. <laughs> 
It is simply a safe place where a bunch of struggling, imperfect people come together to speak difficult truths to one another. Sometimes the truth is we messed up as individuals. Sometimes the truth is that we've messed up collectively as a people. Sometimes the truth is we're hurting because another person has injured us. Or we're hurting as a result of forces beyond our control. And sometimes the truth is we're just hurting and we don't know why. The practice of confession gives us a chance to admit to ourselves and perhaps to one another that we're not okay and that that's okay. It allows us to be as I believe God wanted us and intended us to be naked and unashamed. It allows us to seek not only the cure that Reverend Troy talked about, but the deeper healing. A healing of mind, body, and spirit. It allows us to acknowledge that we seek a reconciliation together in community, admitting that we can't do it, whatever the it is, alone. It allows us to admit that we are a bunch of struggling, imperfect people trying to get through this thing called life and that we want to do it together as a people, as a church. You see, no one has to go first. All we have to do is take a deep breath lower our masks and start together with a simple prayer. I will read this prayer first through because I, I don't want you to say anything that you don't believe. But then I'll repeat it and if you can join me, please do. I go to God and say, most merciful God, we confess that we need your help. We have messed up. There are things that we have done or left undone that has caused injury to your creation. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not loved ourselves as you love us. We're truly sorry. And we humbly ask for a do-over. Forgive us. Help us. Thank you. Amen. Will you pray with me? Most merciful God, we confess that we need your help. We have messed up. There are things that we have done or left undone that have caused injury to your creation. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not loved ourselves 
as you love us. We are truly sorry, and we humbly ask for a do-over. Forgive us. Help us. Thank you. Amen.